0: I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth Admission, how the recent layoffs at companies like Twitter, Meta, Cisco, and Lyft can be particularly difficult for one group of workers. They're immigrants in the United States on a type of visa called an H-1B. Companies desperate for workers with advanced skills in things like science and engineering look around the world for that talent. But when the same companies need to trim their workforces, these same immigrants can face life-changing crises with a timeline of 60 days to find a comparable job or leave the country. And while some of these employees may have arrived in the country recently, others have been here a long time, buying homes and raising families. My guest to talk about the job cuts and the immigration consequences is Chronicle reporter Carolyn Saeed. She's been talking to many laid off workers recently and also asking about whether the H-1B system is ripe for reform. Carolyn, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Carolyn, obviously the layoffs from Twitter were difficult for a lot of people, but you spoke to a software engineer who was working for the company on one of these H-1B visas. What's her situation?
1: People who are in the U.S. on H-1B visas are skilled international workers whose visas are dependent on their employer. If they lose their job, they have just 60 days to get a new job with an employer who also will sponsor their H-1B visa or else they have to leave the country. So their job hunt has much, much higher stakes than the job hunt for all the other laid-off workers, who all, of course, are having a hard time job hunting since it's a really bad market and companies are laying people off and implementing hiring freezes, plus it's the holidays and the end of the fourth quarter. And realistically, they have to find it faster than 60 days because they have to get some paperwork in the process before the 60 days are up.
0: And what do we know about whether Twitter was looking at the fact that people would be perhaps losing their visas? And are there things that a company can do to help their workers in this situation?
1: We don't know in the case of Twitter, but judging by the sort of chaotic way Elon Musk has done everything, I kind of doubt that that was a priority in his mind, although of course he himself is an immigrant. There's a little bit companies can do, but not necessarily a lot. When Meta laid off 11% of its staff this month, Mark Zuckerberg, put out a memo in which he mentioned that the company would take steps to help its H-1B international workers. It's not clear what those steps are. It's possible that by keeping a laid-off worker on the payroll, a company could give them extra time beyond the 60-day grace period, but it's not clear if that actually complies with the rules, if you have to actually be working, not just collecting a paycheck before the 60-day grace period would start. A lot of the companies that have laid people off are taking efforts to help the laid off people find new jobs. And that's the biggest thing any company could do to help a laid off H-1B visa holder is help them find a new job as quickly as possible.
0: But you said keep them on the payroll. You mean instead of paying them severance, essentially just pay them an extra two or three months.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I spoke to a woman who was laid off a few years ago, and she actually did negotiate that with her employer. They were offering three months of severance. And she asked, instead of that, can you just keep me on the payroll for three months? And they did. And that gave her enough time to find another job. However, I also talked to lawyers who said they're not sure that's a good strategy. And in the case of Twitter, Twitter actually is keeping the people on the payroll for two months because Elon Musk failed to give the required 60-day warrant notice. He failed to fire papers with the government that he was implementing a mass layoff. And therefore, his lawyers made him keep the people on the payroll for two months. But the engineer I spoke to had consulted five immigration lawyers, and they all said to her, it was better for her to just assume her layoff started in early november when it was announced and not in early january when the paycheck stopped coming it's better to take a conservative viewpoint and that she can assume uscis you know reads the newspapers and they know that twitter has had layoffs and all these other companies as
0: well before we move on from twitter do we know how many people are in this this visa situation that just got laid off
1: so we don't know exactly as i said twitter had about maybe 650 h1b holders And Twitter laid off about 60-something percent of its staff. But we don't know if the 60% exactly applies to the 650 visa holders. But we do know that Silicon Valley employs tens of thousands of H-1B visa holders. And looking at some of the other companies with layoffs, like Meta had between 10,000 and 11,000 of them. Cisco had 4,000 of them. Amazon has 32,000 to 34,000 of them. And all those companies had significant layoffs and and you just have to assume that those layoffs would have snared their international workers just like their American workers.
0: All right. So who are we talking about here when we talk about these workers? Are they relatively new to the country? Have some of them been in the country for many, many years?
1: It can range. First of all, they are skilled workers. You know, as as one person said to me, we can't just go out and get a job at Starbucks or Target to replace this job H1B visas are reserved for people who have specialized skills that are more difficult to find in the US so pretty much all of them have degrees in STEM and many of them have advanced degrees and that's why silicon valley likes them so much they're a great talent pool you know to help companies keep a competitive edge some of them may be relatively new to the country but many of them have been here many many years especially people from India and China because they get their H1B visa They come here and then they face a huge logjam in moving on to the next step, which would be getting a green card. And the reason for that is that the U.S. has a country quota on green cards. So India and China, which are both incredibly populous nations... Get the same number of allocations as, say, Iceland. So that means that people from India and China can be in the green card waiting list for decades. And usually, then th- those are the H 1B holders who can be here for decades.
0: But some of these folks are hoping to stay forever. They have families, they've bought homes. They don't want to take their children back to perhaps places where their children have never been.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, that, so so during these many, many years that some of these H-1B holders have lived here, or, or even ones who've just lived here a short time, though, they've put down roots. They've gotten married. They've started families. They've bought houses or rented apartments. And it would be very wrenching to have to change all that. And in many cases, their children were born here and are American citizens and have lived their whole life here. And it would be quite an upheaval for them to go to another country at this point.
0: All right, Carolyn, I want to take a quick break. When we return on Fifth Admission, more on the layoffs in the tech industry and what that has done to immigrant workers on H-1B visas. We'll be back right after this.
1: You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod, or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app.
0: Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle reporter Carolyn Saeed. We're talking about layoffs in the tech industry and how they've affected immigrant workers Carolyn, can we get into the, some of the people that you talk to that are in this situation? They're they're potentially going to face their visa. You mentioned they they can't get a, a job at at Starbucks, perhaps even for a couple months, right?
1: Exactly. They cannot just get a job at Starbucks. They must get a job for which they have specialized skills and education.
0: Okay, so you talk about this limbo. People are not sure if they are going to find something. And I think one person described the, quote, suboptimal decisions they were making. Tell tell us about that.
1: Exactly. They're going to be in situations where they might be forced to accept a job that's quite a step down, lower pay, lower down the career ladder just to get a job. And for that matter, that's already the case with many of them, some of them just to get an H-1B visa will accept a lesser paying job. And then also once they're here, they're afraid of making waves, they're afraid of making complaints or anything, because they could lose their visa status. I didn't discover this in my own reporting. But I have read that, as you know, at Twitter, the situation is is uncomfortable for many of the remaining workers, and many have quit. But the remaining workers who are here on H-1B visas feel like they don't have the option to quit. They're kind of stuck there. They're basically like indentured servants.
0: Or at least, could they go out and try to look for another job while they're at Twitter? And then well, sure, quit? you could always
1: do that. Yeah, but as as discussed, it's a really crappy job market and a bad time to be looking. So.
0: and what about decisions in their personal lives i mean again these are people with homes and families
1: right even you know even one woman i spoke to she's single but she rents an apartment she has a year's lease if she leaves she's supposed to find a tenant to to fill out the rest of that year's lease or pay off the rest of the lease and she's lived here for years she's got furniture and belongings and 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 emotional roots too you know her her, her close friends, just everything that's familiar and comfortable to her is here. I mean, I, I talked to several people who started crying when they talked about the possibility of leaving what they think of as their home. And many of the people I spoke to, they have lived here almost their entire adult life. They came here for school and then they stayed here afterwards for good jobs in the technology industry and they want to make their life here.
0: I mean, it, it does sound very ripe for, I, I don't want to say misconduct, but for some very bad situations you mentioned people maybe taking lesser jobs you mentioned people staying at jobs they might not want to be at being put in very difficult financial situations is there anyone that's trying to reform this given the the major need obviously for these workers and the hardship this is causing
1: well that's a great question as you know immigration reform in our country is an incredible hot potato, even for skilled immigrants. I mean, they're, they're not as controversial as, as you know, immigrants coming over the southern border, but there still is a lot of controversy about it. For years, Congress has been looking at changing that country cap, and um, it just hasn't gone anywhere. Right now, some advocates have called on the Biden administration to increase that 60-day grace period so these laid-off workers would have longer to... Look for a job, but um, the White House has been silent about that. So, yes, it's ripe for policy reform, but there just doesn't seem to be enough wherewithal in Washington to make that happen.
0: I mean, sixty days seems like a sprint. Is that how it felt to people you've talked to?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And again, I can't say it too much. That includes the holidays. I mean, m- most companies in Silicon Valley, closed down the week between Christmas and New Year's. I mean, there's nobody there. And, and as you know, the week before Christmas is not a really great time either. I mean, it's just it's 60 days, even in normal times, 60 days would be hard. But at this time of year, it's extra hard.
0: Okay, let's say that some of these workers cannot find a new job and they return to to the countries where they have citizenship. Can they simply return again if they do find that job a few weeks or months later?
1: The one positive thing here is H 1B visas are transferable, but if they find a new job in a short amount of time, they still have to go to their local embassy or consulate and get their visa stamped. And it turns out, because of the pandemic, many of the US consulates and embassies around the world are very short staffed and are very backed up. I talked to an immigration lawyer who said there is a three year wait to get an appointment at the consulate in Mumbai. So some consulates now have the ability to do this through the mail. You can courier your visa there to be stamped, but not all are doing that. And it's, it seems a little discretionary. So yeah, there can be more log jams of red tape and waits, even if they return to their home country and find another job from there.
0: So Carolyn, overall, I mean, is this a fair system? I mean, these companies They can't find the workers they need with these special skills that especially Silicon Valley needs. They find these workers who come across the world. And then if they need to do layoffs, these people are out of luck. Is it fair?
1: So the workers would say it is not fair that there are various reforms that could be made that would make it more fair, such as extending that 60-day grace period and such as biggest of all removing the country cap so that people don't fall into this decades-long limbo. However, there is another side. There there are advocates who say that jobs that should be held by Americans are going to some of these skilled foreign workers and that in their absence that those jobs will go to Americans. So that's kind of the, the other side of the equation.
0: Carolyn, are any of the people that you've talked to recently that have been laid off having success finding a new job?
1: Well... Again, it's a very hard market. However, one woman I spoke to, a software engineer, had only been at her current position a, a few months. And at the time she landed that job, she'd had several other offers. And some of those companies have now reached out to her to say, hey, let's talk again. So she was very hopeful.
0: All right, Carolyn, let's end it there. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle reporter Carolyn Saeed. To King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.